Howdy, y'all, and welcome to another episode of The Daily Grind. I'm your host, John Spencer, so grab a mug of your favorite brew and get ready to brew your brain as we give a rundown on today's dates and some interesting historical facts, and to sharpen your wit as I toss out some random musing and facts just to get your brain gears turning, and hopefully a time to enrich your faith as we talk about our walk with Jesus. Joining me again this week for Brew Your Brain and Sharpen Your Wit is my sister, Carla Cockrell. Hello, Daily Grind. Got me a cup of my favorite brew, too, so let's go. Mm. And now it's that time on the Daily Grind to brew your brain. It's Monday, September 18th. And on this date in 1797, (laughs) the cornerstone of the United States Capitol was laid by George Washington. Wow. And on this date in 1809, the Royal Opera House in London opened. Exciting times. And on this date in 1851, the New York Times, the New York Daily Times, as it was called then, was first published. Mm. And on this date in 1947, the United States Air Force was established. Oh, how happy birthday, Air Force. For that, it was the part of the Army. It was the Army Air Corps, but it became its own branch. So that means September 18th is Air Force birthday. Okay. It's cheeseburger day. Oh, yum. It, combination you know, of, combination okay. of things. <laughs> it's IT professionals day. Oh, yeah. And it's Rice Krispies treat day. I didn't know it had its own day, but that's wonderful. It, ha- it should have its own day, <laughs> okay. so I'm glad that. And now it's that time on the Daily Grind to sharpen your wit. Carla, in the Lord of the Rings, is the Eye of Sauron... His left eye or his right eye? I don't know. (laughs) Did you know that Barry Manilow wrote State Farms like a good neighbor? State Farm is there. He wrote that jingle. No, but now that I hear you sing it, I can certainly attribute it to him. It's very stylish. Barry Manilow. Yeah, very Manilow-ish. Mm-hmm. (laughs) <laughs> Aunt Jemima decreed, among all its other laws, that bartenders who watered down beer would be executed. No, it did not. Yes, it did. <laughs> okay. As long as men have had rules, watering down beer is a <laughs> taboo thing. I guess so, because the Kota Hamarami came around a long time ago. <laughs> a group of winds <laughs> is called a break. No, no, it's not. Say that again. <laughs> a group of winds... It's called a break. Okay. Okay. I mean, we normally say people break wind, but a oh. lot of winds is, and that's break. why a shelter okay. against it is called a wind break. As oh, well. okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. So, oh. a lot of connections there. <laughs> hey, one of my classmates works at a place where they said a person came in with the last name 40, and his parents had the insight to name their child William David. And sure enough, that guy signed his check, WD-40. <laughs> I love it. What a... Now, do you, Carla, do you know what the WD 
in real WD-40 stands for? I do not know that. It stands for water displacement. Oh. Because Navy needed to prevent rust and displace water. And so they experimented. And the 40th experiment <laughs> worked. So it's water displacement 40 is where Number we get WD-40. 40. Okay. Well, it's a great thing. There you go. I'm glad they did not give up till they found it. So I know, but it wouldn't it be weird if it was WD38. I know, yeah. or 39 it, even. Fortunate 40. Sound, it's just what it <laughs> should sound like. <laughs> Carla, what has three letters and starts with gas? Um, gas. I don't know. A car. A car. Oh gosh. Oh. Oh. I know these. Hey, these are sharper than your wit things. Oh. How many apples grow on a tree? Well, this is an infinite sort of thing because then the seeds and then the more. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, you were so in the right ballpark. You're getting warm. All of them. All of them. Oh, I guess so. I yeah. usually don't eat the ones that didn't come from the trees. So nope. I guess you're nope. right. Avoid, avoid the treeless apples. Oh. I don't know what that would be. How do you fix a broken pizza? Fix a broken pizza. Um, I think you just have to eat it. Put it out of its uh, misery. <laughs> with with tomato paste. Oh gosh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's a good moment. Okay. <laughs> And now it's that time on the Daily Grind to enrich your faith. Welcome to the second week of our Monday series as we dig into Richard Foster's celebration of discipline. So today we're focusing on discipline too, prayer. I think it's important to remember, as Richard Foster says in this book, that spiritual disciplines can do nothing. They can only get us to the place where something can be done. Queen, the rock group Queen had some famous lyrics. I want it all and I want it now. And I think those lyrics capture the consumerism that permeates Western culture. We consistently yearn for more, more clothes, more money, more whatever will supposedly make us happy. It's an unconscious thought. If we just had more, you fill in the blank, then I'd be satisfied. When with the convenience of Amazon Prime and next day or same day delivery, our desire for instant gratification just knows no bounds. But deep down, we all sense that this doesn't really satisfy our souls. Interestingly, we often treat prayer the same way, transactional and instantaneous. If our prayers aren't answered immediately, we tend to give up, lose faith. However, prayer is much more than that. Foster reminds us that prayer is the most central of all the spiritual disciplines because it connects us continually with the Father. Through prayer, we not only share our hearts with God, but also draw closer to Him. To pray is to change. All who have walked with God have viewed prayer as the main business of their lives. To quote Richard Foster,
To pray is to change. All who have walked with God have viewed prayer as the main business of their lives. Prayer is a relationship with Jesus. Not just talking without pausing to listen. It's not just a desperate plea for hope. It's about nurturing a relationship with Jesus. And if we're unwilling to change or to be transformed, prayer will not be a noticeable characteristic in our lives. Foster observes that when we pray seriously, we begin to think God's thoughts because prayer is communion with God. Prayer is transforming and learning to pray is essential. It's work. Even the disciples who walked with Jesus, witnessed miracles, and had conversations with him daily, they asked him, Lord, teach us to pray. Real prayer is learned, and we develop it over time. So today, of the many things that the Bible teaches us about prayer, one, we should pray patiently. Take a moment to pause. Make room for God. And listen to his voice. Psalm 40 offers comfort, especially during times of crisis, reminding us that God hears our cries and lifts us up. The psalmist says, I waited patiently for the Lord and he turned to me and he heard my cry. He lifted me up out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and the mire, and he set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God, and many will see and fear the Lord and put their trust in him. I've often found that this psalm can quiet my heart when it's anxious or worried. And two, we should pray regularly or daily. Just as the Lord's Prayer teaches us to ask for our daily bread, We need to come to God moment by moment, every day, trusting him for our immediate needs. Just like he had the nation of Israel trust him for manna daily. And third, pray simply. When we're praying for other people, follow the example that Jesus gave us, you know, rooted in compassion. If we have God-given compassion and concern for others, our faith will grow and strengthen as we pray. And I think Jesus gave us the example to pray directly rather than, and fourth, I think we should pray like a child. In other words, don't overcomplicate prayer. Our words could be primitive. Our prayers could be simple, even painfully so. But you've got to know that God treasures every one of them. So Foster wrote, in the same way that a child cannot draw a bad picture, so a child of God cannot offer a bad prayer. Remember, it's communion with our Father who chose us, who loved us first. I think if we put these principles into action, you got to know it's going to require some effort. In our busy lives, in the hurriedness that just overwhelms us at times, we can let distractions squeeze out our prayer time. However, prayer is about actively engaging in a relationship with our Heavenly Father. It's about learning how to live in a state of communion. I would like to leave you for the daily grind some hopefully practical challenges for this week. Um, Here's four challenges that you can choose from. 
So why not try to pick one of these and just stick to it for a week? All of them will be in the show notes. So you can come back later and add on to them or take up new challenges. Challenge one, get biblical. Follow Richard Foster's recommended daily scripture reading and ask God to speak to you through his word. Monday, today, look at the pattern of prayer. Matthew 6, 5 through 15. And Tuesday, look at the prayer of worship by reading Psalm 103. Wednesday, look at a prayer of repentance in Psalm 51. Thursday, look at a prayer of thanksgiving in Psalm 150. Friday, consider a prayer of guidance in Matthew 26, 36 through 46. Saturday, look at a prayer of faith by examining and reading James 5, 13 through 18. And Sunday, the prayer of command. Look at Mark 9, 14 through 29. Challenge two, um, I call this drinking prayer. Throughout your day, whether you're at home, whether you're at work, whether you're out doing something, whenever you get a cup of coffee, a glass of water, or any other drink during the day, take a moment and recite the Lord's Prayer. It's a perfect 20-second prayer, and it's a way to instill the habit of prayer throughout the day. Challenge three is choose three. Select three people and intentionally pray for them every day this week. Bring them up in your conversations with God daily. And if appropriate, and if you feel led, let them know that you're praying for them and share any insights that you might receive. And the fourth challenge is to incorporate midday prayer. So I would say join anybody else who's taken up that challenge at noon for five minutes and pray using the Lord's prayer as a template or Pray for your church leaders or go to the Joshua Project site and spend time at noon praying for unreached people. So let's embrace prayer as a valuable discipline that deepens our relationship with Jesus. It's not about instant results, but about fostering a lasting connection with our Heavenly Father. Now, some may think that only spiritual giants pray a lot, but I will tell you, and I love it, Richard Foster says, that God will meet us where we are because God wants to hear from all of us. Again, thank you for taking time with me here on The Daily Grind. I hope you have a great Monday, and I look forward to seeing you tomorrow on another episode of The Daily Grind. Grace and peace to you in the name of our Lord Jesus. Amen.